0: Welcome to episode eight of season six of the Simplify and Multiply Show. And today I'm gonna be having a really fun conversation with Michelle Villalobos.
1: If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply Show, hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply Show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur.
0: Hey there, solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Hey there michelle thank you so much for being here with me on the simplify and multiply show how are you doing today
2: i'm awesome i'm so excited to be here thank you for asking
0: well i was super excited to have you in this particular season because of the marvelous work that you do with your participants and your workshops and your clients and the way you present on stage, you cover so many things that are deep inside people around mindset, belief systems, what we think about ourselves, how we present ourselves out there in the world and what we're really up to. And so just to kind of give the listener some context, get us started by talking a little bit about the work that you're doing today.
2: Thank you. Yeah. So it's funny that you you talked about the mindset piece because for so long, everything I did was focused around business and I didn't finally get to the mindset stuff till I had exhausted every avenue of trying to fix my problems through strategy. (laughs) Mm. Um, But Really, that's what I do. I'm a strategist. I, I help influencers, people who want to make a difference in the world a lot of authors, messengers, speakers, business owners. I help people figure out business models that align with who they really are and what they want to create in the world to amplify that impact. Mm-hmm. And so, for the longest time, that really I focused a lot on, and I still do: branding, business models, revenue generation. Uh, really, I'm a I'm a good strategist. I'm a visionary. And uh, in the last few years, what I discovered personally and then in order to amplify results with clients was that without addressing the mindset piece, trying to divorce these two things as if they were separate, I was just not being as effective for myself or for anyone else. And Mm. so I I came to embrace the inner work. And that's really now, it's funny because I really believe that that's where the major juice is. That's where 90% – if not more, of your results come from.
0: You know, I'm I'm so glad you said that. And that's why I wanted to make a season around how beliefs uh, shape your business. Because I've been a living example of this. And good for you for doing that self-examination to realize that that's really so much of the heart of it, especially for solopreneurs. Oh, yeah. So that's awesome. And that's you what we're going to be talking about today. <laughs> yeah, especially for sure. Especially
2: for solopreneurs. And honestly, I'd love to take credit for it. But... I didn't do this work until I had to, <laughs> you know, yeah. things had to get really bad. I had to have enough, you know, times hitting against the wall or falling into the pit, you know, to, to finally say, all right, wait a second. Maybe I'm the pattern here. Maybe I'm the reason that this keeps happening.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're always at the source of all of, all of the reality that we create. Yeah, so it's man. just a lot of times we don't want to take responsibility it for hurts. it.
2: It requires <laughs> You know, a level of vulnerability Mm -hmm. and openness and truth-telling that most of us are not willing to embark on and which our culture and the society that we live in and are steeped in doesn't really want to do or reward that much. You know, it's a lot easier to say, let me just make more money, let me eat another bucket of truffle popcorn. (laughs) Let me watch another Netflix series back to back to back instead of dealing with this painful truth.
0: Yeah, and a lot of it is because we don't really have the insight that we are the source of it. Yes. And because it's not really in the structure of our upbringing or in, like you say, culture. And it's something that people who are on a self-examination journey in their life who are constantly probing and questioning, mm-hmm. you know, why am I having this experience? Why do I keep going through this same pattern over and over again? That are able to learn and get resources that help them whether it's a coach, whether it's self-help books, whether it's, you know, whatever instrument needs to come in and help them achieve that. I think it's so empowering to take ownership mm-hmm. of, you know, that happy and that those yes. results. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really interesting. And you know, our businesses are very similar. We we both have a lot of similar talents. Mine has been mostly through implementation because I'm a, I'm a creative. And what I love about what you're doing is you take it to this really cool level of being a huge impact in the world. Yeah. And for me, I'm so much more pragmatic. So I approach it strategically as well. But for me, it's more, is it an enjoyable experience for the business owner? Are they being self-expressed the way they want to? Is their business a lifestyle that they really enjoy? And I know that that's part of the work that you're doing as well, but you do. You take it to that other level. It's like you can impact the world in a large way. You can reach people that you normally wouldn't be able to reach. And that right there, I think, is a huge mindset step that people, once they get all the practical stuff in place that maybe I would help them with or you in your early stages of the work you did regarding business and marketing and branding, but then they get to the point where they really need to believe in themselves. So talk a little bit about that, getting to that real kind of like that star level, that uh, that activator that you do with the superstars. Thank
2: you. Thank you for that. You're amazing. I want to I'm glad this is being recorded. <laughs> I might go back and pull some marketing language for my website from here. Get it, um, girl. <laughs> it's so powerful. I feel like one of the what came up for me while you were speaking was that there's such a, a need on this planet right now. For, for women especially not only yeah. cuz i know that your audience is both mm-hmm. and it's not just women it's really that that feminine energy right love nurturing collaboration connection you know sharing it, it's something that comes naturally to us it's baked into our dna and i feel like there's a there's a shift globally and i know that there are problems i get it and i also really feel and i see the shift happening this mm-hmm. transformation of the world where it's no longer enough to just be watching out for ourselves and what i found was selfishly when i contributed when i got out there in a in a way that was more service driven it's it made me feel better too mm-hmm. like because I, my, you know, I really focused a lot, and the, and I needed to, and I think all of us need to. There's kind of maybe a hierarchy of needs, kind of like Maslow's pyramid or, you know, that the, once you get your basic needs met, there's like, okay, I'm eating, I'm sleeping, I'm making enough money to, you know, next, what's next? And you kind of look out and say, oh, Wow. You mean I could have desires fulfilled, I can have a wonderful lifestyle too. I could be creative and enjoy myself. Wow. Okay, and there's like that, and then there's like, wait, and I could do it all and also help people and other people would feel better too. Like, you know, it's just sort of like this journey that I've been on and as I have awakened to these stages for me or phases or whatever, I've noticed that the more I, I give that, the more I get, and the, you know, it's like this, what's the word, um, a virtuous cycle that the world benefits from and who doesn't want to like see the world become a better place, you know?
0: Absolutely. And that's a, that's a great model to use. I've actually referred to Maslow's pyramid as well, because you're right. You have to take care of survivability. You have to make sure that that is handled. And I, 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 when I first meet some new clients or new prospects, a lot of them are really struggling in that phase. Like they may just be starting their business mm-hmm. or they may be have been doing it for a year or so. And it's just not yielding the cash flow that they need to survive. Right. And this is the tricky spot about being a solopreneur, regardless of whether you went out on your own on purpose or you were rift from a company. It's still a risky adventure and you have to. Spend the time and make sure your survivability is there before you can ever aspire for anything, you know, bigger than that or more attain. And the and the levels that you mentioned were, are it's a great journey, mm-hmm. but you know you can't go from survivability to the top of the pyramid. It's just you just can't do that. I don't think the human body and the human psyche could even take it honestly. But yeah. and and but giving people the space to show up and have a conversation around possibility in their own life, envisioning themselves having a greater impact, whether it's just increasing their income, having a, you know, better potential for their family, you know, putting kids through school, et cetera, you know, getting the bigger house, whatever that dream is, and then having that larger impact on the community, on the the nation, the world, whatever. Uh, you know, those things are progressive and i want to talk to you about what are the things going on in a person's head regarding their mindset that allows them to either stay stuck Mm -hmm. in survivability or to make the you know the leap to the next level
2: yeah and i and i absolutely so i have this kind of seven phases or stages or steps if you will that, that are business focused, but there's a mindset component that goes along with each one that I'll walk you through. And one thing you mentioned is that I feel that it's important for people to see, you know, to at least be able to envision the possibility to, to have enough energy, to have enough energy richness to be able to say, yeah, I could, I really, there's something else that I want. And I'll talk about desire in a minute. Um, but just like to to be able to know that there's hope and that's a big part of it because a lot of times when we're in that survival space and there's no hope, we end up keeping ourselves in survival because that's a lower vibration emotion, right? That, mm-hmm. you know, when we when we make a sales call from survival, it feels a lot different to the prospect than a sales call made from I see a possibility here. Right. Oh man, we could do a
0: whole show just on that right there.
2: (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And so there's a whole, there's, there's taking responsibility. There's okay. You know, I'm in survival. Like I need to make money. I need to exist. And there's also like, what's the energy that I want to cultivate in survival? Like, can I cultivate the energy of service even in survival? Hmm. And that will support up left, you know, the, the attraction and the enrollment of better quality clients. So, you know, I used to feel like everything had to be first this, then this, then this, and you got to get through here to get there. And now I'm starting to see like more quantum possibility, right? Like Mm -hmm. leaping to a new level and breaking through something and boom, having it be, you know, having it change everything very quickly. That's what happened to me, Terry. I don't know if you and I ever got into my story, but. I did the whole kind of incremental growth thing for seven Mm -hmm. years, seven and a half, a very long (laughs) seven and a half years where I was precise now. (laughs) Oh yeah. How can I forget, you know? And it was just like every year I made more money and it was, you know, kind of linear ish growth. And I was like, okay, but it was felt like I was clawing my way up, you know? And I just, every year it never felt abundant, you know, Mm -hmm. like the end of the year I'd look back, I'd be like, wow, I did all that because it hurts so bad in the process, because I never knew what yeah. month was going to bring what, and this month was high, this month was low. And then in in the seventh and a half year, um, I had a massive breakdown in my business, in my personal life, in my health, like all of it at the same time, you know, the mm. stories, everybody's got one. And it was just like, there was no, you know, there was no, nothing, something had to give, right? Yeah. I could not, literally keep going the way I was going. And I had a, you know, it was either going to go all the way down or I was going to have a breakthrough. And luckily, thank God, thank myself, thank my mentors, um, had a breakthrough. And then within 14 months, everything had shifted. Mm. And, you know, a big chunk of that was a business strategy. Yes, it was a new model. But the bigger piece, I think, underlying that was I got I got mentors who held me accountable to who I was being, to the energy state that I was showing up with. I had a mentor who somebody reminded me today who's literally like, you know what? I'm not gonna keep talking to you if you keep showing up and telling me that you're not meditating. It's like <laughs> your energy, you think your problem is your clients, you think it's your strategy, you think it's your business, blah, blah, blah. He's like, the problem here is you. When you decide that you're going to commit to your own state of energy and to how you show up, then we can talk. And I was like, I was scared of losing him. I was like, I, okay, fine. I'll do it. I'll, I will swear. I'll start. I really will every day. Tough love. It was. And it, yeah. and it started changing things. Just a little bit of stillness, you know, mm. was such a game changer. Um, okay, so the so the the seven things I was gonna share at the most basic level, and it's also kind of a pyramid, and it's very much inspired, I think, by Maslow's hierarchy. But it starts with like knowing who you really are
0: mm-hmm.
2: in this moment, and also understanding that who you really are in this moment might be a different person than who you were yesterday and a week ago. And like really getting that you are a living, breathing evolving entity, and you get to decide and choose in any given moment who you are through the decisions that you make, through the words that you use, through the choices that you make, the, the things you say yes to, the things you say no to. So that first piece at the most core level is this identity piece, like who are you? And when I talk about identity, there's a, there are a lot of components to it, but at its essence, well, there's like six real components that I that I consider part of this. And I'm sure there are others that I haven't thought of yet or that you could think of. But like one of them is what's my personality? What is it that I love to do? What is it that I hate to do? What are my preferences? I come from a background of Myers-Briggs and personality testing. I did psychology in my undergrad. And I really believe in like there's a nurture and nature piece that determines like this is who I am today. Right. And then that piece also there's that, the strengths, the gifts, the things you love to do, hate to do, what makes you feel like you're in flow, all that. Then there's your your core values, like what do you believe in? What are your principles? What will you not compromise? What do you you know, what do you value above other things? And then there's okay, from in the in that identity piece, that like most bottom level of of, of the pyramid, my pyramid, it's also um, your self-care, mm. you know, your physiology. Are you feeding mm-hmm. yourself well? Do you sleep? Do you, you know, what is your, do you, do you work out? Do you get your cardiovascular system going? What? How's your nervous system, right? There's a physiological component that truly can't be ignored. And I ignored it for a long time. I was a drinker, heavy smoker. I did all the bad stuff for years and years, and right. so there's the physiology, which I call the life force piece. So you've got your personality, you've got your values, your life force, you've got your higher purpose, like what connects you to something? What is the bigger thing out there that you feel connected to? Maybe you call it the universe or source or humanity or, you know, something bigger than you, right? What is that calling you forward to? What's the, the, the North Star, if you will? and then there's two other components the future component like what's this vision that you can see for yourself for your life for 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 the future and then how do you how do you relate to your past what's the story you're telling about life and about what's true about you and about others and about the world so that's kind of the core set of beliefs that i think everything in business and in life builds upon
0: mm. yeah yeah that's a real cuz you really are just pulling all of the components that impact us on a daily basis. You know, you have to have you have to be well in order to function, right? Yeah. You, you make decisions based on past conditioning, your stories and things, mm-hmm. you know, but yet there's the hope and the vision for what we're aspiring to, right? right? We always are on an evolution journey looking for more, better. And I think solopreneurs are a classic example of the desire to have a better life, to yes. create and and generate who they are and be of service and have a positive impact and be able to have the freedom. I mean, that's one of the things that if I was to go through those compartments, like my core values would be like number one is freedom and the ability to inspire others to their creative ability. Yeah. And 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 to own who they are and be that. Yes. That's <laughs> you know? what it is.
2: At that fundamental level, it's about self awareness, self acceptance, and self love. Those are the three, like kind of core practices mm-hmm. that can yield truth in this. In this, it's a star shape. so it's a, a pyramid, and then of course I've got shapes within shapes. <laughs> but the the identity piece is a superstar. It's a star. Like these are the the five components mm-hmm. around the center. Like who are you? Identity, personality, and then and that and that's kind of at the core. It requires truth telling to oneself Mm -hmm. so this notice there was really very little about others in this first piece because it's really about
0: self-centric it's
2: self-centric and then we move into the second layer which is okay well if this is who i am what do i want right what do i want what are my and this is a big word it's around desire Mm -hmm. right because desire pulls us forward it creates action you, right, mm-hmm. You know what it feels like I know what it feels like to want something and go after it. And I also know what to feel what it feels like when I think I should want something and I procrastinate it, mm-hmm. right? And so d- starting to suss out and distinguish and discern what's a true desire? What's a great de- like what's a real desire? What do I really want? Who am I determines what I really want. And that's where, you know, in the business sense, that's where things like goals come in. and, strategies Um, and right yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. lifestyle right what do you want how do you want to live do you want to be a person that works three days a week uh till three o'clock in the afternoon do you want to be someone who's home all the time do you want to be able to pick up your kids from school or do you want to travel all around the world what's your desire right what's that and then how do we build and that which leads us to the next piece like what's a business model that aligns with that desire right? What's a way to work? What's the magic that you want to monetize? And how do you want to monetize it so that you can live the life you love and be who you really are? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's all around. That's where really the strategies start to play in is at that third tier where we're looking at, all right, how do we, how do we monetize this? How do we turn that magic and that desire into something tangible that delivers value to the world in the marketplace?
0: Mm-hmm. And then, we yeah.
2: Move- yeah, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say and and just have that reward that, you know, just the not the reward financially, but the reward of satisfaction from doing work you love and seeing the benefit of it and the 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 rollout that comes from it. You know, the growth, the benefit, the Mm -hmm. every all the positives that come from your impact on that person, that company, that community.
2: Well, and that's where it kind of gets per if perfect segue into the fourth phase or the fourth step, which is all right. Well, now I now that I know who I am, what I want, and what's a model that will support that. Who am I claim Like, who am I going to be in the world? What am I? That's the branding piece. Like claiming an identity in the world. There's first claiming our identity to ourselves, and then there's like, here's who I'm going to be in the world. This is what I'm claiming out there. This is how I want to, you know, be seen. Now, we don't control how other people see us, which is a big kind of mindset issue when it comes back to branding. It's like, oh, you know, at the end of the day, your brand isn't what you say it is. It's what the world says it is. It's what people say when you're not around. Um, And that can be really difficult for a solopreneur. It's like, oh my gosh, to be seen is to be potentially judged, is to be ridiculed, is to be made wrong. You know, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, fear in putting oneself out there and that's and that's one of the biggest roadblocks i see i was just gonna like mm -hmm. raise
0: my hand and say this is something that because i've always been a behind the scenes implementer you know just like being the person behind there going you can do it get out there on stage and you know be your big you know big self and everything and making my clients look super awesome and it's it's been a challenge and still to some degree is it shows up for me mostly in sales in selling Mm -hmm. and uh, not performance as far as delivering the solution that's easy Mm -hmm. but you know putting myself you know in that kind of uh prospecting sales because i've got so much of that belief system uh built in that i every day i have to encounter that and go okay I got that going on. I'm still gonna pick up the phone and call Good people.
2: And that's a tremendous amount of self-awareness too. Mm-hmm. And no, like also there are personalities who love to be out in the world and love to be seen and on stage, right? And there are personalities too that love to do the tinkering and the implementing and the building of the thing. Um, we use a, a personality profile called Wealth Dynamics, which you may have heard of. It special Especially for entrepreneurs, by a guy named Roger James Hamilton. And uh, there's eight. There are eight profiles. Sorry, there are eight profiles, and one of them is a creator pro- profile, which is mm. high, high innovator, visionary, and they can go both ways. They're right in the center line between extroversion, like creating out in the world, and introversion, like creating in their in their lab or in their space. Mm -hmm. And so for a creator, a lot of times it's like it's about the creation and wanting to do the creation, but not necessarily always wanting to be out in the world representing the creation, right? And that's where the star profile comes in, which is what I have. That's why I have the stars on my earrings. It's the profile of someone who loves to be out in the world, loves to be seen, loves to be sharing ideas and and creativity, In service of others. And so that's where kind of that first piece comes in, like, who are you? What do you really want? And that's where we can start to put the layers on it of like, well, you want to be out there, you want to be seen, but you're generally more of a maybe behind the scenes naturally. Here's some ways to cultivate that expression that feel good and you're doing it right here, Mm -hmm. right now. Like this is an example of you being out in the world in a way that doesn't require necessarily being around gobs of people, you know, wanting a piece.
1: Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment.
0: Are you getting the sense that there may be some long held beliefs getting in the way of your business thriving? A solopreneur business can be challenging at times, to say the least. Everything from simplifying marketing to keeping your pipeline filled with a steady stream of great clients, there is a ton to do to run your business and be successful. The cause of these challenges may not necessarily be the economy, a missing marketing tactic or strategic action you're not taking, but a hidden belief that doesn't serve you or your business. The good news is you can uncover and change a belief that's sabotaging your business happiness, and I have the tools that'll help you. You'll find them inside my new home for solopreneurs, Pappy Club. I invite you to join for free right now. Get what you need to crush those limiting beliefs and define new beliefs that support business success and your overall happiness. Head over to PappyClub.com to sign up and start infusing your thinking with positive beliefs that support how awesome you are and all of the great things you've yet to accomplish in your business and life that's p a p p y c l u b dot com to sign up now and I'll see you there and sometimes I don't think about that you know mm-hmm. it's like i I don't want to say I take it for granted but because, I mean, this this show that I do is a passion project for yeah. me. It's one of the favorite aspects of the work I do because I get to talk to
2: people like you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny about me as a star person. Like, I like this. This is cool. This is fun. I get to have time with you. I'd much rather do this in person, you know? Yes, like of
0: course. I'd much
2: rather do this in person and then, like, go have dinner afterwards. Maybe go karaokeing. you know? Like, that's – probably done with this. You're like, okay, I need All right, a break. So, so what are you doing?
0: <laughs> (laughs) Next weekend, (laughs) I'll fly out your way. I'll bring my skis.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, that's too funny. Well, listen, I want to ask you a little bit um, more about, I want to get some more practical examples so our listener Mm -hmm. can take this. The, you know, certain steps to actually do some self-examination and maybe yeah. do some belief busting. Yeah. So maybe using in the context of some of the work you're doing in your workshops where you address mindset. Yeah. And if you could talk about some of the – because you, you deal with solopreneurs yourself. I mean, those are your clients as well. Yeah. And these are, are women, and they're wanting to go out and build – a brand and a business on their desires and what they're trying to accomplish uh, through having their own business. But yet in going through this process, they're coming up against a lot of belief systems that are in the way of them making that type of progress. Just like me, the example I gave about me in sales, right? And if you could just talk more specifically about some of the things that you encounter uh, that people are really struggling with from belief systems or stories mm-hmm. that they have about who they are in business, what they're good at, what they're not good at, that's really keeping them small.
2: Wow. There's so much there. That's that's a... whoo Okay. I would say one of the things that comes up again and again, I work mostly but not only with women, and this is true for women and men too, is that there are stories... Okay. There there are strategies that we learn as a child to get our needs met mm-hmm. that we operate that operate invisible invisibly to us. We don't see them. We don't recognize them. I'll give you an example. Um, for me, so I was a natural quote unquote star, like I shared. That's the star profile from Wealth Dynamics. So I love to sing and dance, and I used to hold talent shows in my basement, and do all these cool things, uh, you know, with kids in my neighborhood. And my parents were like, "Um, you know, are we going (laughs) to let her do that? You know, she needs to focus on her math grade. She got a C in math last quarter, you know, like, so my dad started cracking the whip, and I was doing math, you know, times table, flashcards. loving every
0: minute of it, I'm sure.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) And so... The the But the thing was, once I started tutoring with my dad on math, and I, I'm actually pretty smart, so I got good at it pretty fast. He was impressed, and I started to feel loved, right? Now, my dad loved me anyways, but in my five, six, seven-year-old mind, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, when I do good in math, when I do well, mom, when I do well in math, my dad loves me more. Yeah. That was a story that I made up. It's not true, but I really, really believed it. And in my seven-year-old brain, second mm-hmm. grade, it made a lot of sense. It's yeah. like, if you want to be loved more, do better in math. Do better in school. Get better grades. And so that began this journey of, of achievement. I became a straight-A student. I was kind of a mediocre student before then. I wasn't anybody's superstar before that. But I started to recognize that teachers loved it. My parents loved it. They would brag about me to their friends. My, friends. my parents' friends would like say, oh, wow, she's so smart. Like, oh, I can get my star needs met through this avenue, right? Like success and achievement. So that went on, that pattern. I didn't recognize that that was operating in my life until five years ago, maybe. Mm,
0: wow, that's powerful.
2: Yeah. It was driving the show in my entire life was this idea that if I could just be successful enough and achieve enough, then I'll be loved enough. And so I bring that story because I was 40 years old before I recognized it. And so now what I do with people is is ask them, like, all right, let's talk about money, for example. what's What did you learn about mother, money from your dad? Like, what was your dad's relationship to money? What did he say about money? Did he say, "Oh, you're never going to make money if you start if you if you sing and dance, you'll be broke?" Or did he say thing, you know like what were the stories around money that you learned from your dad? Great. What are the stories around money that you learned from your mom? What are the stories about money you learned from other people in your life, did you see, did you experience money? How did you experience money? Was there a lot of it? Was there a little of it? Did it come and go? Was it always there? You know, and you start to recognize, oh my gosh, I have this story about money that I inherited or in, you know, osmosis to, you know, absorbed uh, from my childhood. And like you and we can start to find with almost every area of our life, there's a story that we made up. and i I'm not mm-hmm. the inventor of this concept. like Landmark talks about it. Tony Robbins talks about it. But I, you know, I got it in my own life to at, at one point where it was just like, oh, my God, nothing is really what it seems. Right. Um, and, and we've got this with love, with friendship, with sisterhood, with like we have stories and beliefs about stuff. And the, the way that I found to break it down is like, what's the thing that's creating problems in your life? What's the story that you learned from this person, from this person? Where'd you learn about it from school? Like, and then start to look for these patterns. I have another one. I would recognize that I had a really hard time with strong women. Um what I would do was I would I would take the second fiddle. Every time I was with a strong woman I would do this. I would like go down to like you know almost like you, you know those dogs that are considered oh, this is a weird analogy but like a submissive?
0: Yes. They'll oh. roll
2: over and like open that's what I would do. Huh? When I was, and I rec- I realized later, I was like, okay, what's the story I learned about women? All right, okay, childhood, what happened? Well, what I recognized is that we moved many times before I was about 11 years old. Every time we moved, I had, I created this strategy that worked really well for me when I was a kid, which was I'd get, become best friends with the queen bee of the new school. I'd get in, I'd ingratiate myself to her, become her best friend. And then, but she was still the boss. And then I would have to be number two. And so I had this tendency that whenever I was around a very strong, powerful woman, I would go into that number two kind of submissive role. Yeah. So, I mean, the the, the question I ask people is where are you struggling? Where are the challenges? All right, let's 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 examine what your beliefs are about that thing and where would you learn them? And, and starting with the obvious from your mom, from your dad, from your siblings, from your school, right? And just looking for – and honestly, Terry, I don't feel like this work can be done in, in solo. I think you need people – you know all of these these mm-hmm. wake up call- calls I've had, you know, and for me maybe that's just my personality though. In in circle or in group or in partnership with someone helping me to to, to examine this stuff.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as, as you were sharing your story, and thank you for doing that, um, I was thinking of mine in the sales context.
2: Yeah. And
0: mine as a kid, my, my mother passed away a couple days after my sixth birthday. I was the youngest of four by a lot, like nine years between oh. me and my next sister. So I'm this little Terry the Terror running around the house and had a ton of energy, right. ton of energy. And my dad and my siblings didn't know how to deal with me right so my poor dad dealing with what he was dealing with he was the the kind of person who didn't like a lot of craziness like he's like i you know, too I'm, yes and so what the mantra that i heard from his mouth to my ears was children should be seen and not heard and so i made that mean i'll get love from my dad if i'm if i behave myself if i'm quiet if i don't bother him
2: right yes
0: and, and it's funny because the way that manifests in my business is through sales or through having difficult conversations with clients, like not confronting them, but having a, a conversation where I'm like, okay, you do realize that if you make this choice, then probably what's going to happen is this, this, and this. I mean, granted, it's in the context of marketing and business development. Truth-telling but though, yeah, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my whole thing, and I've talked about this before on on the show. Is that i don't want to bother people i feel that when i reach out i don't come at it from the standpoint like oh my god i can transform this person's business i can make them look so much more professional have it more together have it simpler i don't see it or hear it that way in my head what i hear is I don't want to do this because i don't want to bother them and that's where that comes from and that's what i encounter because those are all the neural pathways the conditioning that we know we have that our self-examination has showed us but still every day i have to acknowledge it and then i have to make a conscious decision to have an intention to move forward despite that so as much as i love to build my business it's still a struggle for me and it may always be, mm-hmm. right? But the more I do it, the more I'm training that habit out of me and yes. creating new neural pathways and new behaviors and new successes. And I know that when I yeah. am strong in that space, for example, like even just recently, I've I've committed to five calls a day, five, you know, outreaches, what I call them. So I connect with people. I mean, you were one of those people that I reached out to. Because I'm like, that. I need to meet this woman. Every It's so funny because I mean, a little segue here. All the people in NSA and just people that know you or know of you, they when they oh. talk to me and get to know me, they're always saying, you've got to talk to Michelle. You're so much like Michelle. you got to get with me. Do you know Michelle? And- oh, cool. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to make this happen. Anyway, that little segue. Mm. But that's when I end up that exercise every day. And it's so funny. When I started doing this commitment of five a day, I was like, okay, I did my five, you know, because I'm kind of reporting into my coach. I did my five. I hated every minute of it, but I still did it and I didn't die. Yeah. And I didn't piss anybody off and I actually got business from it. So it's like, you know, it's like when you get on the other side and people don't know you're struggling with this stuff, you know? So I always try to be super sensitive to my clients who have their stories. And it takes, I probably spend more time, and this is actually the part I do love most about my business, I spend a lot of time really helping them understand their possibility because it helps if it's like if I'm their cheerleader cheerleader excuse me and if I'm out there championing where they want to go and their vision and what they desire for their lifestyle for their business for who they can help I feel like I'm doing them a service more through that than I am by designing a great conversion website marketing system whatever so um, so that that was kind of like my aha moment with my belief system was that was my story that it to this day still impacts my ability to sell and and be an effort in my pipeline development oh man
2: yeah my pleasure and thank you for sharing that that's a great that's a great aha and realization
0: yeah so the and and you're right there are so many i mean this is a big bucket you know this whole mindset thing and But when when we I really want to provide some value as far as something that our listener can do to maybe a couple of steps they can take to stop and what you would recommend that they can do to to do a little self-examination. And not that they need to spend all this time doing self-therapy and trying to understand where it came from and everything, but it's like, what do you believe to be true about this particular situation? and. How can you reframe that? So talk yes. to that for a little bit.
2: Well, it's funny because that's exactly what I think comes next. You know, um, what I would suggest is just, it's so easy. Just, it's its easy and it's not. It's find, where's an area of your life where you have a persistent complaint? A persistent complaint. We all have them. Where's the persistent complaint? And this exercise, it's very, the 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 reframe is just what would happen? What would it sound like? What would it be like if you took 100% responsibility for it? If you, if you like literally were not allowed to make an excuse or we're not allowed to justify or not allowed to explain it, like, and it could be anything. And this is where it gets really empowering when you choose something that you really, truly have no control over, that you believe that you have no control over. Like, right,
0: that's like out there, it's not in here. completely yeah.
2: out there and you took 100% responsibility for it. It's such a crazy exercise. But you start to see the world a new way. and You know, like what I do now is, you know, because I catch myself all the time complaining or blaming or, you know, shaming or something. It's like, all right, okay, let's try it. Like what would happen if I took 100% responsibility? Like all of it right here, give it over, you know? And then usually there's some sort of breakthrough in that. Mm. Usually there's some sort of hint that gives me, that lets me become empowered again around that thing, whatever it was. You know, it's just like, I'll give i I'll try to give an example. Today I had a, I had a really tough meeting today with something that's dragged on for a long time. It's, it's an, it's an agreement that somebody else, you know, breached a contract and just obviously didn't want to go to court, obviously didn't want to deal with all this stuff. And it's just like. It's just not, it's been painful. And it's just like, okay, what if I took 100% responsibility for this? 100%, even though they breached the contract and all, okay, I got it. Well, what I recognized was that there were red flags with this contract with this client from day one.
0: Wow. Day
2: one. And guess what? I overlooked them because I was starstruck, basically. Right. You know, I just, I, I really wanted to do the deal. I wanted to have the business. I wanted to say I had the business. Mm. You know, it was like, you know, if I'm really honest with myself, it wasn't alignment. It wasn't a values match. And there we have it. Like, this is what happens, <laughs> you know, when I take clients that are not, that I don't honor my own boundaries, my own standards, you know?
0: So and that's, that's an example. Even understandable given the earlier part of our conversation when we're still in that survivability level Yeah. because we will step outside of what our, you know, relative tolerances are. Obviously, yeah. we're not going to do anything unethical or, right. or against the law or what have you, but, mm-hmm. you know, we'll go, we'll stretch it <laughs> a little bit because we're in that survival mode, which is all the more reason why we got to like button that up first and get that handled first.
2: Yeah, exactly. So. so
0: once, once those things are identified and the the kind of like taking responsibility, what are some of the things that they can do that can help them reframe, redefine, adopt a new story about what's possible that actually allows them to live in that and build that moving forward?
2: You just nailed it. I think you kind of, you said it, which is what is the new story? Like you can choose. And that's another word that is so important to me now. I've recently just really embraced the word choice. Because so much of how I lived my life was feeling like I didn't have a choice or like I have to do this or I should do that. But, you know, when we reframe, like what would happen if I took 100% responsibility? Okay, that's one thing. And then the second piece is what would happen if I chose this? What if I chose it? Like what if there's Mm -hmm. a version of me, a part of me, like just totally theoretically, you know, completely, you know, philosophically even, what if I chose this? Why would I choose this? What would be the point of choosing something like this? What made this dro- drop in for me recently was I watched a video that a friend of mine made. Oh, gosh. I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. But um, a colleague made, really. He made a video of this woman who's a, an empowering uh, speaker. She's an inspirational speaker. She And she, she speaks about – she's a quadriplegic who was – was basically before she became a quadriplegic she was hiking in the red rocks and she was jumping from rock to rock to rock you know with her boyfriend and she accidentally jumped off a cliff oh my and dropped 30 feet 40 I don't know how many <sighs> feet a lot on red rocks yeah. and broke her back and became a quadriplegic and her life was like over in you know and 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 her journey of self discovery to become this speaker to write these books to be inspire people at the beginning of the movie she literally says if i ha- if i had the choice to do that day over again would i jump and she goes yes i would i was like you would what you would you would do wow. that again i mean i was yeah. in tears you know um, yeah. and i'm like i have to understand this yeah and that was what I what I came back to was like, wow, you know, she said it. She says, I choose it because it, I am who I am because of this. I wouldn't have discovered the power and the strength and the gifts. Like I would have just kept going along my merry way. Sure, I would have had an easier life, but would it have been as meaningful? And she said, no, I, I'd do it again. So for me, it's like, okay, how can I choose this? whatever this is, whatever the story is that I have, like what's, what am I going to choose? What if I chose everything that led me here? And then what, what am I going to choose going forward? What's the new, Mm -hmm. what's an empowering story? Like her empowering story was I choose it because I choose a meaningful life over an easy one. Right. Like what's the empowering story that you can tell going forward. And sometimes it takes a little convincing or a little work to kind of get there. But, um, I feel like part of it and, – and then the, the, the other component, I feel a, a framework coming on, would be <laughs> <laughs> would be um, what's the language that you're using around this this thing, right? Like are we saying things like, you know, um, I can't or I, I – like just something simple. The other day, I, I gave up gluten five years ago and all this time I've been saying I can't eat gluten. And just recently I switched my language to I don't eat gluten. And it's just a subtle little shift, but the language yeah. implies a choice. Yeah. It's empowering to say I choose it. I could eat it if I wanted to. Sure. So why would I say I can't? Well, I choose not to because I don't like the outcome that happens or the way I feel when I do it, so I choose not to. Yeah. And the other thing was like I have a friend who gave up drinking, but she went to rehab and you know her parents put her there, and so she relates to alcohol like I can't drink. And she was really – struggling with that and we just reframed her language to i don't drink and it was like boom breakthrough wow right
0: yeah that's the power of language mm-hmm. we could probably do a whole episode on language too we could do
2: <laughs> many episodes on language
0: yeah and so much of what we it just unconsciously comes out, like yeah. falls right out of our mouth, like poop on a table. And we don't realize that we're disempowering our own ability to yes. succeed and yeah. really be powerful in life because of our language habits. Yes. And I catch myself doing it, too. Me,
2: too. And luckily, I've built this crew around me, my clients who call <laughs> me out. They're like, can't or won't or don't. You know, they're, they're like, right there, ready. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's great. And you know, having someone like a mentor or a coach or some type of brilliant mind who can show you that pathway is critical because we are so close to our own stuff. We don't get that. First of all, we don't get the environment to have the conversation. And then we don't get the listening to give us the feedback that allows us to hear the distinctions.
2: Exactly. Well, it's like a mirror, right? People are our mirror, you know, Mm -hmm. and we need mirrors to see ourselves. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, this has been awesome. I, we could probably talk for another two oh, hours about I this. I we could. I know It's a it. big topic, but, you know, I've got a big season, so lots of great people talking about how beliefs shape uh, your business and Michelle I can't thank you enough for being here and for everything that you are doing with your clients and the impact that you're having on stage and and all of the work that you're doing I'm just I'm such a fan and I'm so glad to have you in my life and that you were here on the show today thank you so much
2: thank you so much this has been a wonderful conversation your listeners are really lucky to have you
0: Oh, thank you so much. Oh, that touches me in my heart. I appreciate it. Thanks, Michelle. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply.
1: You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.